Coming up, we've been doing awards the last two days with Sully Baseball, but now it's time to do solo and just hand out Diamondbacks Team Awards next on today's Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. <laughs> Locked on Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Simply Safe Home Security with Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe 24/7 monitoring agents capture evidence to accurately verify a threat for faster police response. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Visit simplysafe.com/lockedonmlb to learn more. Now, I'm Miller Thomas, host of the Lockdown Diamondbacks podcast. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at creatorthomas24 for my personal account. Look up Lockdown Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, Thank you for making Locked on Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. As I mentioned, we've been doing MVP, the Cy Young, Manager of the Year, Rookie of the Year. We've done that the last two days, Sully Baseball and I, breaking down the American League and the National League. But today, we're going solo because I need to just talk about the D-backs. I'm doing D-backs team awards, and these are awards that I made up. This is not your straight MVP of the D-backs, who's been the best pitcher. No, these are fun awards I came with came up with on my own. So let's jump right into it because this is not going to be your normal award show, ladies and gentlemen, because the first award I have, it's the award called, it's not a bird. It's not a plane. Who is it? It's Dalton Varsho. The it's not a bird. It's not a plane award goes to Dalton Varsho because I originally thought this award was going to go to Alec Thomas because this is the defensive award. This is the award that goes to the guy. You're like, whoa, I thought that was going to be a double in the gap. Nope, my outfielder came out of nowhere to make that crazy diving play in the outfield or robbing that one dude of a home run. I I thought I was going to give it to Alec Thomas, who has been incredible this season, right? Put together a real defensive highlight reel for the D-backs this season, and he seems like he's going to be a gold glover for many years to come. But the reason I have to give it to Dalton Varsho is... Everyone, it feels like Alec Thomas is considered the best defensive outfielder in this D-back center field, but according to fan graphs and the defensive metrics that they have on there, Dalton Varsho is not just the best defensive outfielder on the D-backs. According to some of the defensive metrics on fan graphs, Dalton Varsho is by far and away the best defensive outfielder, not just in the National League, in all of baseball. These are the defensive stats Dalton Varsho leads the entire Major League Baseball in on fan graphs. Defensive run saved, ultimate zone rating, Ranger, outs above average, runs allowed above average. Most of those defensive stats, I don't even know what they mean. You could go to fan graphs where they have their formula and they will have the glossary definition breaking it down. But all you need to know is you just go on fan graphs, you just sort whatever defensive stat metric you want for all outfielders, 
And there's a better than 90% chance that Dalton Varsho is probably leading that defensive category. So I would have I, originally, before looking at the stats, I would have given this award to Alec Thomas. But after looking at the stats and knowing Dalton Varsho is just as good of a defensive outfielder as Alec Thomas, I'm going to give it to Dalton Varsho. The, it's not a bird. It's not a plane award. The next award, this award is called That Was Fun While It Lasted. And I give this award to Seth Beer. That's right. Not every player getting award today is going to be Ketel Marte or the superstar or the really interesting player like a Dalton Varsho. Sometimes you got to give it to the guys who just spent 40 games or less with this D-backs team. And Seth Beer is one of those guys because it was fun while it lasted with Seth Beer. Because if you remember, those first 11 games of the season, Seth Beer was killing it for the D-backs. Those first 11 games, Seth Beer, 438 average, crushing it at the plate. 11-11 OPS. I believe one of the one of the last pods I did before the season started, I did my little preview predictions, and I said Seth Beer was going to be the breakout player of the year for the D-backs. I looked phenomenally smart those first couple weeks of the season. I looked like a super genius predicting Seth Beer because I thought with the way 2021 ended and looking at basically every benchmark throughout his minor league career, like this guy crushed it on every level offensively. And, you know, through the first two weeks of the season, there was no reason why I thought that dude was going to slow down. Even if you go back to opening day for the D-backs this season, do you remember what happened opening day against the Padres? I'm pretty sure you do because every D-backs fan does. It's one of the top five D-backs moments from this season. Opening day, also National Beer Day, Seth Beer, walk-off home run against, or I don't remember if it was a home run. Let me take, <laughs> let me take back the home run. Walk-off hit, though, against the San Diego Padres. I would have to double-check if it was a home run or not, but Seth Beer... Incredible those first 11 games. But Seth Beer, after those first 11 games, so his next 27 games, he had seven hits over those next 27 games. Seth Beer slowed down tremendously. He spent a lot of time in the minor leagues because offensively he was doing nothing at the plate. And of course, his glove is not good enough to keep him on a major league roster defensively. So Seth Beer, it was fun while it lasted, buddy. Next award before we wrap up segment number one, it's the Gone but not forgotten award. And this one goes to David Peralta. Do you guys remember Freight Train? I know you do. Fan favorite, of course. David Peralta in 87 games with the D-backs was having a pretty productive season. 12 home runs, 777 OPS. Now, you look at his numbers with Tampa Bay, don't look at them because they're not as productive with Tampa Bay. It's also because they're not utilizing David Peralta like a full everyday player like he was with the D-backs. I mean, he was still more platoonish with the D-backs, but he definitely got more run with the D-backs than he's getting with Tampa Bay. Once again, David Peralta, a great guy to have in the middle of your lineup, especially in clutch situations, because once again, this guy is still very good at runners in scoring position, above a 280 average, around an 800 OPS. There's not much more you can want from a guy, a veteran, mid-30s, but still not over the hill just yet. David Peralta does just enough to really help out um, a team that's, you know, maybe a contender and just needs that one piece that's not like a superstar, but that glue piece, I think David Peralta is perfectly suited to do that for a contender, and he might do that for Tampa Bay this year. He's third in games played in D-backs franchise history. He's second in triples, and he's third in hits, and he's basically top 10 in every offensive metric as well as an Arizona Diamondback. So, David Peralta, even though we traded you at the trade deadline and we got back a man Rivera, he's probably going to be the starting third baseman or at least play half the games at third base next year with Josh Rojas. So we'll see what he does. 
Did I love that trade? Oh, excuse me. Why did I even say Manuel Rivera? We traded um, Luke Weaver for Emmanuel Rivera. Why did I just say we did that for David Peralta? That's not true at all because if I remember correctly, we didn't get a great return for David Peralta. I'm actually going to double check it right now. Yeah, the D-backs got back Christian Serda, who was, I remember now, an 18-year-old catcher. So I wish we got back Emmanuel Rivera, who's at least going to be a guy that starts for the D-backs next season. That's not the case with Christian Serda. He still might be in high school. I'm not too sure. Very young. I know he's still not old enough to drink. If I gave that guy a beer, I would be arrested right now. So, David Peralta, even though you're no longer the D-backs, you're gone, but you're not forgotten, and we will all be watching and rooting for you in the postseason with the Tampa Bay Rays. Now, we're going to continue the D-backs team award show, but first, I need to talk to you guys about Simply Safe because... The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. I know because I use Simply Safe in my own home. They protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. Here's why I love it. With 24-7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe's agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency. Even if you're not home or can't be reached, Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and outside your home, smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Our monitoring experts use proprietary advanced response technology to visually confirm when a break-in is real so you can get the highest priority police dispatch. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. And a quick pat on the back to Miller Thomas of Lockdown Diamondbacks because that was a very clean ad read on my very first try. So shout out me. But let's get back into the podcast and let's continue with these team awards. I don't think I I think I forgot to mention. Don't forget to follow us on YouTube. Lock on Diamondbacks on YouTube as well. Go give us a subscribe button because we've been stuck at 169 subscribers for a few days now trying to crack 200 on the road to 1,000. So please go subscribe to the Locked on Dimebacks YouTube and tell your friends. Tell your friends we're on all your podcasting platforms. But let's get back to the podcast. Next up, we just did the Gone But Not Forgotten Award with Dave Peralta. Well, this is gone and hopefully I don't remember. And this one I have tied with two people, Oliver Perez and Dallas Keuchel, because I cannot believe these two were on the D-backs at some point this year. Alvar Perez had to be convinced not to go to the Mexican Independent League because he was ready to retire and just basically pitch his final days on a beach drinking Coronas. And instead, Mike Hazen begged him to come out of retirement at age 47 years old with a cane and a walker. 
He brought him back to Arizona because Arizona is the best place to retire for old people. And Alvar Perez out there on the mound looked old as hell because Perez had a 15.75 ERA. And he did that in just four innings pitch, a very small sample size, but in four innings pitch, seven earned runs. He did only have one walk, though, but you could just tell every time he was on the mound, you're like, this guy is cooked. This guy is washed. And it wasn't just Oliver Perez because I had no faith in Oliver Perez when he was on the mound. And he's not the only guy because the other guy who's going home with the award as well, we're not even going to just do one award. We're giving each of these guys awards. Both of them are going to go home and have a fresh gone, hopefully I don't remember, award on their house porch steps because this is award. Even though both of them are tied for the award, both of them will get an, an individual trophy as well because Dallas Keuchel was that bad for the D-backs this season and he deserves his own individual trophy. The name will have both him and Perez, but at least the trophy will be individualized because Keuchel, four starts, 9.64 ERA, 20 earned runs and 18.2 innings pitch, 13 hits per nine innings. No, Brent Strom cannot save Dallas Keuchel. I don't care. Well, I do care. If you put Dallas Keuchel in the time machine, actually, that might have been the only way to save Dallas Keuchel and make it work with Brent Strom because there's no way the 2022 version of Dallas Keuchel is going to work. He hasn't just been cooked this year. Keuchel's been cooked for a minute now the last couple years. So the fact that the D-backs are trying to resurrect these corpses from the grave, like, I don't even understand why we had to go the Dallas Keuchel route. The D-backs had, obviously, when you now look at the last couple months of the season, so much young talent in the pitching prospects actually with the ryan nelsons the dre jamesons hey even the tommy henry's like tommy henry started made his debut right around the same time that the dallas keichel experiment was ending and i was so glad to see it because those opportunities should have always gone to guys like tommy henry even if i don't think they have that high of a ceiling at least let's see what he could do because you know who doesn't have a high ceiling a guy in his mid-30s who hasn't been good in a very long time which was dallas keichel so you get the gone, and hopefully I don't remember award, Dallas Keuchel and Alva Perez. Now let's get back on a positive note. This is the Not All Heroes Wear Capes Award, and another tie for this award goes to Joe Mantiply and Kyle Nelson because both of these two guys held it down all season in the bullpen. I know, Jen, I know Joe Mantiply might not be as good as the guy who gave up one earned run over those first 20 innings pitch he had this season, but... He's still a very good, effective reliever. He was still good against both righties and lefties this season. His 3.86 second half ERA, I think, was mostly inflated due to his month of July because in July he had a 5.79 ERA. He gave up like nine earned runs and like 13 innings pitch, something crazy like that. Like basically, his second half ERA was probably more like a 3.2 ERA instead of like a 3.86. Most of it was inflated by July. But even with that being said, he still finishes the season with 2.86 ERA. 1.08 whip and a 9.2 strikeouts per nine. Still a very fantastic season from Joe Mantiply and also a fantastic season from Kyle Nelson, who really just came out of nowhere this season. And he only had 37 innings pitch. Most of that was because of injuries, but he still appeared in 43 games, which was the same amount as Caleb Smith. And in those 43 games, a 219 ERA and a 108 whip. Kyle Nelson was a maniac as a lefty this season. He was a savior for the D-backs at certain points this year because him and Mantiply were basically doing all the work. And if, if it was a game where the D-backs were like, whoa, let's actually try to win this. You throw these two guys in the same game and you're walking away guaranteed with a dub. 
unless the next guy we talk about is coming in to close because he might blow it. So not all heroes wear capes, and Joe Mantiply and Kyle Nelson were the epitome of that. But hopefully the D-backs were up a whole lot after the eighth inning because if these two guys came in the ninth, the game might be blown because this next award is the it's not over till it's over award. And that goes to Mark Melanson and Ian Candy, another tie because... When you think the D-backs have secured a victory, you're watching Zach Allen go seven innings, one earned run. Then the Mantiply comes in for the eighth inning, shut down, two strikeouts, one, two, three inning. All of a sudden, you're like, all right, just got to get through the ninth. We're up four to one. Great start by Gallon. Mantiply did his job. Now we just need Mark Melanson or Ian Candy to come in and get the save, walk out with a victory. I mean, that's what they were brought in to do. Two savvy veterans who've been around the game a long time. Mark Melanson just last season, all-star, led the National League in saves. These guys should be our two most trustworthy guys in the bullpen, right? Wrong. Probably the two untrustworthy guys we've had this season because I was on the edge of my seat every time these two came in. I would have to grab the ibuprofen because I would feel the migraine coming on because Mark Melanson... 5-3-1 ERA in the ninth inning was not good on less than three days of rest, which if you're a closer, you're supposed to be good on short rest. Near 900 OPS allowed with runners in scoring position. Listen to this. His OPS allowed with just two outs, also above 800. So runners in scoring position, OPS allowed above 900. Two outs above 800. Well, what about two outs and runners in scoring position? Over 1,000 OPS allowed Hard contact numbers, terrible against Mark Melanson. BABIP, terrible. And home run percentage was bad as well. Mark Melanson did not have a good year. And he might be coming back next season. Ian Candy also, no bueno. Allowed 1,000 OPS with two outs. Or should I say, above a 1,000 OPS allowed with two outs. But only, only about 800 runners in scoring position. If you think there is a little silver lining there. He also had a very high OPS, near 1,000 in high leverage moments. And in save situations, Ian Kendi had an ERA in the mid fours. Both of these guys could not be trustworthy with the game on the line. And that's what they were brought in to do. So I'm telling you, if the D-backs had a middle-of-the-pack league average bullpen this year, they probably would have been a 500 team. And they would have at least made a sweat the last two and a half, three weeks of the season of could this team maybe make the wild card? I still don't think they would have made it with the league average bullpen, but I do think this team could have been 81 and 81 if they had a league average bullpen. So Mike Hazen, you know what your job is this summer. Now let's wrap up the D-backs team awards with just a few more I have here. And this next one is the new challenger approaching award. If you guys ever played Super Smash Brothers, you get through a mode and then all of a sudden at the end of the mode, you get that silhouette and it says new challenger. This is for the newcomer coming onto the scene for the D-backs, the guy in the silhouette who I did not expect to show up and be a beast for this team. That is Jake McCarthy because I told Sully Baseball this past week, Jake McCarthy should finish top three in the NL Rookie of the Year voting, and he shouldn't finish top two because that should go to Spencer Strider and Michael Harris of the Atlanta Braves. Jake McCarthy should finish third in NL Rookie of the Year voting. He had a 291 average, a near 800 OPS, 
eight home runs and 20 plus stolen bases in less than 100 games this season. If Jake McCarthy plays a full year, he might be a 15 home run, 40 stolen base kind of guy, which is insane to think about. Super clutch the whole year with runners in scoring position, 419 average, and a 1024 OPS at runners in scoring position, and two outs back against the wall, 296 average and 800 OPS. Yes, Jake McCarthy could probably work on his defense. He wasn't always the best defensive outfielder out there. I don't think he was bad. Still think he was probably slightly above average, but when you just compare him out there to the Dalton Varshows and the Alec Thompson and the Corbin Carrolls, three guys who could be like platinum glo- platinum glove defensive outfielders, three guys that could be gold glove defensive outfielders. Jake McCarthy's probably not on that level, but offensively, he's probably way better than Alec Thomas, at least what we've seen so far. So it's going to be a real battle for him next season as to how he cracks the lineup moving forward, you know, again next year. Because if this bat is once again hot going into 2023, like Jake McCarthy's might have the right field job on lock. Like the outfield might be Corbin Carroll, Dalton Varsha, and Jake McCarthy. And four months ago, back in what, May, June, I would have told you. The D-backs outfield in 2023, lock it down. Dalton Varsho, Alec Thomas, and Corbin Carroll. But Jake McCarthy has basically recalibrated our expectations on who should be in the outfield and and how the lineup should be constructed going forward. Like The D-backs thought they had their outfield of the future set going forward, and Jake McCarthy was not considered one of those guys. So now the D-backs basically have an extra asset, an extra trade piece. Like you got to love it when one of your internal development players actually hit this is a former first round pick he's been able to develop through the d-backs minor league systems and is playing way above his skis right now hopefully it's not just a one-year fluke hopefully he's not vanilla ice just a one-hit wonder hopefully jake mccarthy can continue this because he's been phenomenal this year and it's turned into one of my favorite d-backs players the next award the put some respect on his name award and I don't need uh, I don't need a lot of analysis for this award because this is going to Christian Walker who after last year I felt like there was disrespect toward Christian Walker because he had a really down year but I think it was mostly because of injury he was just in and out the lineup last year I think he had like an oblique injury like if you can't if you have an oblique injury like that's your range of motion right there if that's hurting you and you don't have that at a hundred percent like how can you be a quality hitter especially when you're a guy that's considered a slugger a power hitter and so for christian walker to come back this year fully healthy play 160 games and just smash home run after home run it's been a phenomenal season for christian walker he's getting all his flowers this year he's gonna be near 40 home runs 100 rbis just about and it's been a phenomenal year for him and he's another guy that has really turned himself into a trade asset the d-backs feel like it or could just be the d-backs you know first baseman for the foreseeable future at least for the next two to three years and i think that should be the case is also going to win the gold glove this year because once again, if you go to fan graphs, click first baseman, and just if you just start sorting through defensive stats, like he's crushing the rest of the field. So Christian Walker, you get the put some respect on his name award. Next award, the can we go steady award. This is because I have to admit, sadly, I've never asked a girl to go steady. Yes, Miller Thomas, 24, turning 25 in about three and a half weeks, still looking for his first official girlfriend. So, ladies, if you want to put in your application, just hit me on Twitter. But 
This is the Can We Go Steady Award. I'm giving this to, again, two people, Ryan Nelson and Dre Jameson, because after what I saw from them the last month of the season, I'm ready to lock them in the rotation. I'm ready to put a ring on it. Screw going steady. I'm ready to marry these two because they basically had the two best starts to a D-backs career by any pitcher ever. Ryan Nelson was phenomenal. He was the first one to come out and make a debut. 147 ERA, three earned runs, and 18 innings pitch. Dre Jameson, next up, 148 ERA, four earned runs, and 24.1 innings pitch. Both of these guys have multiple pitchers in their arsenal. Both of them have complementary styles with the way they attack opposing hitters both of them kind of do it differently but also both of them have a skill set that most d-backs pitchers don't have they have a high velocity fastball which i've been clamoring for for a while now from this d-backs rotation so ryan nelson dre jameson can we go steady because i'm ready to lock you in to two rotation spots next year and then piggybacking off that award this is the Call the Divorce Lawyer Award. I didn't know if I want to make a Tom Brady joke there. I don't want to joke on another man going through a divorce, so I'll do a slight reference like I just did just now, but that's about it. I'm leaving it there. Y'all can make the jokes about another man getting divorced because, hey, I don't know if I want to joke about that, but this is still the Call the Divorce Lawyer Award, and this is going to Madison Bumgarner because he still owed a whole lot of money next season. I still think he's getting like, what, $20 million, something around that, still making way too much, way more than he should, and he was solid in the first half, at least in terms of ERA. I don't think he looked great. I think he looked serviceable in the first half, and his ERA, 3.83 in the first half, you'll definitely take that. Despite him making a whole lot of money at this point of his career, especially his Z-backs career, if he pitches for... If he pitches to a 3-8-3 ERA, the whole season will take that. But that was not the case for Madbone because in the second half of the year, 6.5 ERA. By his by the last two weeks of the season, Tori Lavelle was like, hey, man, you could just go home. You don't got to come back. Just start your offseason early, dude, because we're just going to keep throwing out these young pitchers out here. And thank God they had that conversation because every young pitcher looked really good and gave me a lot of optimism for next year. I'm really high on this D-backs team in 2023, and I do think this team could contend for a wild card spot, but if the D-backs are forced to continue playing Madison Bumgarner and are forced to give him a rotation spot next year, that's basically saying, hey, every fifth day, we're just going to take a loss and we don't care. If our offense doesn't score seven, we're just going to lose that day and we're just going to have to live with that. So hopefully the D-backs could do something with this contract, trade him, cut him, do something, get him off of here, start GoFundMe, and I'll donate to it because it's going to be hard to still win games if Madison Bumgarner is going every fifth day. Now that's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. Thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. Go make your second listen of the day. Locked on MLB with my pal Sully Baseball. Um, Go check out Simply Safe too, simplysafe.com backslash Locked on MLB for some security home protection. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, deuces.